How would it feel to have a thriving fitness business and have the freedom to enjoy life at the fullest? Well, that is exactly what the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show is going to give you. My name is Matthew Park. This is Amy Filer. Hey, guys. And we are here to serve. Guys, welcome to the show. My name is Matthew Park. I have my co-host, Jimmy Fowler, on the call with me today as well, guys. And we are here to interview you on the TRM show on a guest that's been in the industry for decades upon decades, a pioneer, a legend in the industry of contest prep, nutrition, coaching, the whole nine yards. Dr. Joe Klamzuski, how are you doing, my friend? Great, man. You know, we go back a long way. And uh, the way you just introduced me makes me really feel that. So, uh, so, so some some good and not so good there, but really awesome to be with you guys. Uh, great to, to see Jamie here as well. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to, uh, to dive in because I'm totally fangirling in this moment, but I will be able to contain it in order to remain professional. I'll, I'll try and do the same, but Matt, Matt was already kind of goading me into some bad behavior earlier, but I'll, I'll try and tone it down. <laughs> I love it. So obviously your backstory, Joe, is quite diverse. You know, you've been, you know, obviously in business, had a franchise, been coaching for almost three decades. I think you've written three books by now. You have about four different or five different degrees. Um, your background obviously is very diverse. I guess you want to give us kind of a background story, I guess, intimately as far as how, what kind of got you into the industry and so forth. And I, of course, where you are today. I appreciate that. It, it actually does make sense when you hear it step by step. So uh, when I was in high school, I decided to go into the military right away and thought uh, that would be my pathway into school. And so I was majoring in business, got into my senior year in business management and marketing and decided, holy shit, this just sounds awful. Like, like I just envisioned myself working in a cubicle the rest of my life. The field of exercise science really wasn't a thing, but some friends said, well, you should try physical therapy. Like that's something you might enjoy. It goes into your fitness passion. And so I did, I became an orthopedic physical therapist and, and just thought that was amazing. Uh, you know, for somebody who likes what I like in terms of training and physique sport and performance sport, it was totally right up my alley. But as a competitive bodybuilder, I was still very interested in nutrition. So just for fun, part-time, I, I did a PhD in nutrition. And then uh, all of a sudden, I got this opportunity to buy this really boutique, nice little gym across the state. And I had no idea that it, something like that could even pull me away from physical therapy. But I thought I could at least I could do that together. So I bought this gym, dragged my family across the state, had a little physical therapy clinic, started nutrition consulting, owned the gym, developed a training staff. We had probably almost a dozen full and part time trainers. And like, this was my thing. I was just going to own this big fitness center. But then as I started, then I, then I won my pro card as a competitive bodybuilder. And they found out in this organization that I had a doctor to nutrition. And they're like, wow, we've got five magazines. We need content, content, content. Can you write for us? So I started doing that. And then, like you said, I, I, I wrote a book. And one of my local clients was a physician who loved to write. He was a total nerd kind of guy who was the high school yearbook editor, uh, that kind of thing. And so he said, man, if you ever do another edition of your book, like I would love to be your co-author. So I thought, okay, PhD plus an MD, like that's, that's a winner. So we did that. And then I really got excited about 
publishing itself. So I did a second doctorate in health education because I thought this was kind of the era where a lot of physicians were getting masters in public health. And it was a way to show you're, you're well-rounded and not just in this one little niche. And then I thought, well, this is so cool. This, you know, we were on the road touring. I was actually up in Canada being interviewed for this book tour. And I thought, this is so fun. I would love to do this as a hobby, like just kind of the fiction side of things. I'll, I'll write the great American novel and all that. So I, I did a master's degree in writing and my, my subgenre there was social science writing and I fell in love with that. So then I did a master's in social psychology and then I did a, a master's in social science. So I've got these kind of two pathways that, that do bookend a career like mine very nicely in the physical sciences, the nutrition sciences, the health sciences, like that's what I do. That's why I'm here. But all of this work in the social science area is phenomenal because what do we do? We work with people. We are, we're in social service areas, so to speak. So that's my background along the way from that little gym that I bought. We did start franchising, like you said, our diet doc brand, and we licensed over 200 clinicians around the world. And uh, as our industry changed, that led to doing uh, certification work instead of just full licensing, and then also business development coaching, like so many people, including yourself, do. So uh, just, you know, every, everything points in the same direction. I just have a couple different paths I straddle to get there. Any question want to ask, ask all there, Jamie, to, to Joe? Because, of course, that's a pretty big bio. <laughs> not, not yet. Let's start with the fundamental ones for now. That sounds awesome. So, of course, you've been coaching now, Joe, for what, 25, 27 years? Yeah, I think that's right. Right almost, in there. Almost 30 years. So, of course, you've seen, you know, I think you, you mentioned on your bio there, there's like four, you've produced 400, uh, 400 pros. I've also seen a lot, of, a lot of pro cards over the years. You've written, of course, seen a lot of coaches on the industry and so forth. I want to, I guess we want to know kind of right now as a collective, coaching that many people over the years, what do you notice are the common traits or things you see in the great coaches compared to the average coaches? You know, of course, the, obviously now you're, you're like a mentor to the mentor right now in the industry. So, Yeah, that's a great question because it's it's very counterintuitive to what people think. <clears throat> we were just, one of the organizations, organizations I started is the Nutrition Coaching Global Mastermind, where some of the biggest heavyweight academic minds in our industry get together and have a monthly mastermind session for our members around the world. And, uh, you know, we were talking about that in just how the industry's changed 15 years ago when our licensing was really kind of going vertical, everybody was excited because they thought that it's very technical. You just learn how to do the physiology and understand the biochemistry and give people the right macronutrients and all the magic happens. Well, now nobody really cares about that in the general population, even, even in performance and physique sport. Everybody just assumes if you are a coach of some sort that you're an expert. And so even if you're not, if you just have good marketing hype, you're probably going to be able to eke out a living. Uh, but what really makes the greats great and what makes them stick is truly how they treat people. So you can almost bet enough people can get the technical stuff right. You can learn about nutrition from, from an academic standpoint and you can know enough to help enough people. But man, when you are fantastic at treating people well, making them realize you are there for them and you create that synergy and that teamwork that they really just decide they can't do without, 
even as those clients sometimes go out and try new hats, they want to they wanna see what other coaches can do, which I totally recommend. Sometimes I push my own clients out of the nest, like you need to go learn some other things from other people. They always want to come back because when, when they say, Joe, you are the greatest, it's not because I can count macros better than anybody. It's because they find, as you kind of introduced me, Matt, Matthew, that, you know, in this whole person-to-person relationship, uh, there's just a lot more to it than than what you can put down on a spreadsheet. That's fantastic. Go ahead, James. Currently, decide who you're going to take on as a client because the demand for you must be borderline unreasonable. So, how do you how do you filter in who wants to be you know in your orbit? You know that that has um, it has evolved a little bit because when as matt said i you know after 500 pro cards and 150 pro titles and all that stuff i just quit keeping track because it was just kind of silly at that point um but people would hire me for that reason like they just want to win and i really got kind of burnt out on that because those people aren't always the most fun to work with 18 hours a day seven days a week you just that's a lot of stress on everybody and some super high expectations. And it pulls you away or pulled me away from what I truly loved in the beginning. And so now, Jamie, I'll tell you, my favorite person is the person who walks by my facility on Main Streets and their cholesterol's high, they, they feel awful, they need a new shot at life. Uh, and also on the performance and physique side, I like, I like the new kids. Um, I like somebody who's just kind of getting in the game and they want to learn. Uh, I had a nine-year-old kid in my facility this morning working out with his dad, and I found myself spending more time with him than his dad, you know, showing him how to do things, do this. I'm all excited telling this nine-year-old boy, like, what to do and getting him excited. I'm, you know, making him feel great about himself. Like, oh, my gosh, you've got your dad's shoulders. You're going to be a beast. And, you know, I mean, like, like that's the fun part to me, winning world championships and all that. Like, I'm going to do that till I die with clients. But I really, really love impacting people on that formative foundational level. Love it. Wow, that's powerful. So right now, what's up with you now? Obviously, right now, Joe, you've got your wall, that that wall there on the side there on the left hand side that definitely has a wall portrait, basically your four different pieces right now, which kind of intriguing because we had a catch-up call a couple months ago. You showed me the little wall of your four main pillars there, and they're pretty extravagant. Um, well, because I now outside of just licensing, I do personal coaching development in terms of, um, you know, helping people grow their business. So that's my apex coach program. So if you think of it as certification, licensing, and then uh, that that business coaching, plus our own connection with clients. So you got B2C and B2B work, right? So my business to client work is what it is. It's it's us developing the programming and the systems to to do that where our coaches internally can help people, which I love, love, love. That's what got me in this whole industry. But then on the licensing side, that's become our top level. We started with that 20 years ago because that just seemed like the only path. Uh, the dietetics laws, the American Medical Association, all these legislative restrictions said that unless you're an RD or an MD, you just can't do this. So I hired an RD and an MD to make us legally able to license. And so that that created this massive path into the industry. 
but flash forward to five to 10 years ago. And all of a sudden, nobody cared about that. You know, if, if you've got a pulse in some abs, you're a nutrition coach. And so all of a sudden, nobody was interested in this full fledged business partnership in a licensing and franchising capacity. So that's when I started the National Academy of Metabolic Science to create a, a nutrition certification program. So coaches who are interested in, in the physiology, the biochemistry, and specifically the real coaching mechanisms, you know, that's what that's for. You can become certified in as fast as 12 weeks, but you can take your time and go even further. We have three different levels to that. Uh, so you can become certified. Then you, if, if, if you don't need that technical work and, and you already have enough education and background and experience and you just want us to help you develop your brand, help you build a business, help you make money, then that's my Apex Coach program. And then, of course, we still have our Diet Doc licensing program at the top. So it's kind of a four-tiered vertical integration model, you know, client work and then certifications, business development and licensing at the top. That's pretty powerful. What do you think, Jamie? <laughs> it's pretty good. So I'm I'm curious as you are now turning other coaches into better coaches and giving them a leg to stand on when it comes to their business. I remember, I'm going to say it was somewhere in between 2007 and 2010. I just remember you making pro after pro after pro in the natural bodybuilding world. And so many of these people that you coached to greatness ended up becoming coaches themselves right? Through right. your guidance. And this was before I'm assuming you taught them actually how to be good coaches. How did you feel the first time somebody essentially took what you gave them and created their own business around the macro methodology? I fucking hated it. Like that. Like, I mean, seriously, it was like, wow. Like I, I can see the writing on the wall. Like I know what is going to happen. And in that era, by the way, I think it was 2008 that I was up there with Matthew in Calgary. And I mean, speaking of all those pros, Matthew is one of those pros who won a pro card in Georgia, you know, back in the day. And so yeah. he's, a, he's a superstar in all of his own rights. Um, but Jamie, I remember, so uh, Lane Norton had invited me to speak on, on a camp series he did in Australia. Mm -hmm. And I remember having this conversation with him publicly in front of all of these you know, coaches and clients who were there. And he was very much kind of promoting like anybody can be a coach. You guys can be coaches, rah, rah. And I'm like, whoa, you know, time out. No, they can't. They, they don't have any of the academic necessary background to do this. It's A, illegal. B, somebody's going to get hurt. C, they're going to set themselves up for failure. Like, no, you can't do this. And, and part of that I know was, you know, I'm not a super, super personally competitive person, but I really felt like I had done all these things right academically, even with my business structure in, in hiring medical directors and dietetics directors. And this is the way you have to do this. I, you know, from my pre-medicine degree in college to physical therapy and so forth, I do believe those guardrails are good and necessary to, to help people and protect people. But there did come a day where the whole industry just in mass went that direction. And I decided, OK, I'm not going to stop it. 
So I better start helping. And that's when we created the certification agency. Because if all of these coaches are going to be coaches with or without me, I at least want to be a voice that helps them become good coaches and they understand their scope of practice. They have the ability to get the knowledge that they need. So from NAMS to the Nutrition Coaching Global Mastermind, now I really feel my place in the industry is to help guide those best practices because it's on its way to becoming a legitimate occupation, just like personal training did. I mean, I'm sure personal training was much in the same capacity, maybe in the 70s and 80s. And so for us to legitimize it, we just have to make sure that everybody is qualified and competent. So my initial reaction is what I said it was. It was just like, this is not good. This is not right. Uh, but now I, I want to help everybody be be the best they can. I love that. Such a reasonable answer. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Matthew, go ahead. So from a business perspective, Joe, what are things, obviously right now you're doing business coaching, which obviously is a, almost a thing where you're coming with, which is awesome. What are things right now you've noticed from a business perspective, so even the top three things you teach coaches on to grow a, a great company, whether it's going to be maybe it's marketing, whatever it is. I'm kind of curious your thoughts around business knowledge and mentorship in that category. Another super question, because a lot of coaches who come to me have already worked with a business coach or two. And they're very shocked to find out that I'm not just trying to create a sales funnel for them. Every business coach seems to think if I can just hook these people up into click funnels and create some good cross sells and upsells and down sells, then they're going to make money and everything's going to be great. And I start with what is your business identity? What is your business model going to be? Who do you want to work with? Why? How do we make sure we're creating the greatest specialization that you can manage? Because to make it in such a competitive field right now, you have to be known for something different than everybody else. That, that differentiation has to be there. As Seth Godin says, you want the minimum viable audience. You don't want the biggest audience. You want the minimum. You, you want to be 100 people wide and a mile deep, not the other way around. And so I really help them focus on what they even want to do, what they want their identity to be. And then some of the things that are kind of fun uh, from taglines and mission statements and things like that, like that's the fun part of business because it's creative and it's marketing. It obviously has nothing to do with sales or making money. So I make sure they understand like this is marketing and cool and fun. It's like craft day in kindergarten, but making money is hard work and you're going to sweat and you're going to bleed and it's you're going to hate it so we have to separate those two for a while work on them both until you can seamlessly integrate them and so you know all, all of that fun business development stuff in the beginning uh kind of gets their attention in terms of you know i've never thought of that i don't even know what you're talking about uh Everybody, when we're practicing things like just simple, simple things like taglines and mission statements, they're, they're always super generic and, and stupid, right? Real results for real people, health redefined, you know, everything that you could find on a, on a bus or a cab or somebody selling condoms. Like, it's just like they're like, you're just, you're doing nothing to help yourself become known for an expertise level. Uh, you're not connecting yourself to a super specific group. Like, you know, do you want to do you want to train athletes? Then let's do that. Do you want to train soccer moms? And let's do that. Do you want to train business executives? And let's do that. 
Do you want to coach this or that? And everybody instantly says, no, I want everybody because I've got to pay my freaking bills. Like I'll, I'll take anybody who's got a checkbook. And obviously that's the wrong answer because you start with your bullseye, become known as a specialist. And then those orbits around the bullseye will grow. Uh, you know, so many stories, I'm sure with your coaching in business and so forth, you have them as well. But just just helping people understand those steps that you have to start with with who you are, who you want to connect with, what you're going to do specifically, and then you can add a layer at a time. And we're not even talking yet about the actual business side, you know, how to make money. But I, I find that if you don't build that foundation first, you're never going to make money no matter how good you are. That's brilliant. Uh, Jamie, let's find out. Jamie, you want to ask him at all? That was, that was really good, Joe. I was curious when you, when you started your business, um, did you, did you want it to grow to the brand diversity that it is now? Like, was this always the plan for you to take over the world as it relates to, uh, nutrition, health and wellness? Um, I'm going to say absolutely not. Uh, I, I think that's kind of the obvious answer. Anybody in business knows that you just kind of stumble along and, and find the, the best path, making the, the best decisions you can one day at a time. But, but I will say that I, I truly do think in long-term blocks. So I can go all the way back to my late 20s. And you know, as I was talking to staff members and developing my own management team, you know, having these meetings, we're talking about where do we want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? What do you want to be doing when you're 40? What do you want to be doing when you're 50? And now I'm 50. And I, I can tell you that, you know, whatever you're working on in those longer term blocks, that's where you are going to end up. So if you're not working on it, I mean, I don't, I don't who knows where you're going to be. Um, but I, I will say, I also, we, we had a, an industry that didn't even exist and I was unknowingly accidentally helping to create it. And then all of a sudden it was becoming things that I didn't even want it to become. And then it was becoming things I never thought it could be. And so inside of that mix came things like social media, you know, Facebook didn't even exist when I started my business. And so all of these massive sh social and tech changes were happening as our industry was growing. Mm -hmm. And so a, a, a lot of my ride, Jamie, is just like just hanging on for bare life, just trying to make sure that I'm, I'm still in it. But at the same time, I, I truly do think, um, you know, these latest moves I've made in converting from purely licensing to business development coaching and certifications, you know, that's the path. I need to personally be on, especially because I know my voice from just a conceptual academic standpoint, I think can help other people create a super good collective path forward. You know, think of all the, the friends we have from Eric Helms and um, gosh, I mean, I, I could probably list 50 people who are all academically and professionally so involved in even shaping the research being done. You know, there are college classes and degrees now. There, there are white paper studies being published in journals on bodybuilding methodology. Um, like, like the word peak week, which I invented serendipitously just to write a, a, a magazine article, is now in the headline of a published research article. Courtesy of University of Tampa. Just want to throw that out. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Truly, truly. Yep. That's so incredible. Crazy. So all them years, Joe, pioneering so many things over the years, um, if you could narrow it down to one of the most important things in the business development phase, it sounds like avatar and like that niche is super important. Would you be, would that be correct? Yes. I, I personally think you have to start there because think of it from the other side of the table, from a potential client's perspective, if they're out there walking, uh, you know, through the, the street and they see your name on a window or they read about you on a website or something, how will they know what you do? You have to connect to that person in very few words, limited imagery, maybe a conversation if you're lucky, but how do you get them to understand that you have what they need and you are the best option? So, so the avatar perspective, the business identity, the clarity, um, you know, I, I was I was just working with a coach on things like this, and he kept throwing out some of those those very generic cliche taglines. And this is what I want to do. You know, his first tagline was, I, I hope he's not watching this. Uh, his first tagline was fitness anywhere, anytime, any something. And I'm like, so you're like the the Uber, like like I. I fitness anywhere, anytime. I can call you at two in the morning and you're going to come to my house and train me in my pajamas in the garage. He goes, no, no, no. I just mean like, I want to, I want to make sure people know I'm accessible, that I'm for everybody. And I said, well, first of all, that's the last thing you should be. Second, you need to make sure like you really have something that clarifies it. So, so look how ridiculously simple my tagline is. The diet doc equipping the next generation of coaches. There's nothing sexy about that. There's, you know, it's just, but you know what I do? What is it? It's actually nutrition coaches, equipping the next generation of nutrition. I tell you exactly what I do. And if I want a cute little, you know, way of throwing a little ego into that, I can very simply say, I'm the coach's coach. Like, that's why I am. Joe Klimzeski, what do you do? I'm the coach's coach. Um, and then the conversation can go from there. We can add layers and levels to that. But that that's why avatar and clarity and and connecting your best practice your passion mm -hmm. to exactly what that potential client needs right off the bat is everything if you're not doing that you are missing out on most potential sales that's amazing uh questions jamie for joe at all any questions for me? i mean i'm i'm curious you're you're 50 now you never could have predicted that you were going to be here when you were starting out what did, you, what did Matthew say? Twenty-seven years ago. So what? What is next? Where would you? Where would you like to go from here? So, so one of my one of my local clients that I work with in person asked me that yesterday. She was scared, like, oh, "When are you going to retire?" Because she's really worried, like, "I'm going to leave her behind." I've, I helped her and her husband each lose about forty pounds. They're in their fifties. They're like just studs now. Like they they're they're in the best shape of their lives in their mid fifties. Like now, now, when are you going to retire? And I said, well, hopefully sooner than later, but probably never. Uh, that's that's how that'll go. But I, I will say, Jamie, one of the kind of my fantasy exit is to do something a little bit different. I'll always have a foot in something like this, hopefully mentoring and teaching and all that. But I would just love to go work at a bookstore or something, you know, just just you know, enjoying life, not having to, you know, think all day, just work with my hands, be the quiet little introvert that I am. 
Um, but I don't know. Who, who knows? My, my youngest child is 20. So I'm, I'm at least seeing the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of having some options and opportunities to do something different. But maybe I'll come work with you guys someday. Look at that, Jamie. What do you think, Jamie? Glad I asked. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can be uh I can be your like shipping and receiving director. I'm I'm great at packing boxes. <laughs> we need to come up with some blue collar positions specifically to be able to hire Dr. Joe and TRM. If there actually is one in that category, Jamie, maybe we'll make a new category for Joe. <laughs> That's awesome. The most overqualified in history, you know. <laughs> Last thoughts, Jamie, for Joe at all? Last thoughts for Joe at all? That's it. That's it. I yeah. just, I remember I was telling Matthew before you logged on, I remember seeing your ads in the WMBF magazine, just a little square. And I was like, wow, I wish I could afford to hire that guy. And it was, I, so it's crazy that you are where you are now with the, the brand and the significance and the impact you have now. Well, you guys as well. I mean, I have a picture of Matthew and I from back in the day, and we look like little teenagers. So that's so fun. That was specifically, I think, fourteen or fifteen years ago, Joe, because I remember you were training me for the show at that time. I can't always speak at a peak mindset seminar we had in Edmonton, and we had that three and a half hour drive from uh, Calgary to Edmonton. Remember, it was we we had our power chat, um, which was kind of unique. I'm looking for a book on my shelf because you had me at that conference. You had me in this like perspective of all the psych and self-development stuff you like. I was in the airport in Edmonton or Calgary. There it is right over there. Um, and Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, had just come out. And I literally bought that in the airport in Canada on my way back from being with you in 2008. And, uh, and that's probably part of what got me so interested in social psychology and so forth. But uh See, anytime lives intersect like that, like stuff happens, like good stuff happens. Wow. I'm inspired, Jamie. What about you? Yep. hundred percent. <laughs> Where can we find you, Joe, as far as finding more information about Joe and all the cool stuff you do in the back end, Joe? What's kind of all your stuff there, bud? Our primary website is thedietdoc.com. Mm -hmm. And then just my name, Joe Klimzeski. You can find my Instagram and uh, Facebook stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's probably the easiest ways. And, you know, you can go from some, some different uh, levels out from there, the different organizations we have, like, like NAMS and Nutrition Coaching Global Mastermind and Apex and all that, but the dietdoc.com or Joe Klimzeski on social. It has been an absolute pleasure having this chance to talk to you, Joey. We definitely talk definitely a whole lot more in this process for sure. Looking forward to having one interview with you as well and having you live for a mastermind one of these days for you as well, Joe. And you mentioned about the TRM thing. So, we will keep that back of our minds because that definitely is a seed planted for today's podcast show. You, uh, you, you give me a ticket. I will be there. <laughs> I'll walk out. I'll, I'll hitchhike to, to go hang out with you guys. We will send a plane to pick you up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, guys, there is our show guys. Last question from here, Jamie. Last you want to share Jamie for the show at all? Jamie at all? No, I'm good. I think everything, everything has been said. Joe, last thoughts, buddy. Uh, I so appreciate you guys. I love your energy. I love the positivity you've always brought, Matthew, to my life and everybody else's. Jamie, you are cut from the same cloth. It's so awesome to get to know you. So such a pleasure for me to be with you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Have an amazing day, guys. There's our TRM for you guys. There's our for you guys. Have an awesome day. And we wish you guys all the best. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to the Train Revenue Multiplier show. If you love today's episode, head on over to Train Revenue Multiplier on the iTunes and Spotify and subscribe to the show today. Take a screenshot with your phone of this episode and share on your social media and let us know any questions you may have, things you enjoyed about the show or things you want to see more of coming down the pipeline and tag us at Train Revenue Multiplier on your social media. And if you are looking for more real money making, business building things to help you grow to the next level in your business, have your more income and have you working smarter and harder in your business, then head on over to trmshow.com to book your free 30-minute business building call today. We look forward to hearing from you, serving you, and of course, delivering more impact for your business. Have a great day. Take care. Let's keep growing.